Here in the seventh inning, the Yankees are trailing 2-0. That is the key man. Hit high in the air to left field. Going to the corner, Yaspinski. It's over the wall. It's a home run for Bucky Dent. Yankees get the lead 3-2. Deep to left, Yastrzemski will not get it, it's a home run! A three-run home run for Bucky Dent, the Yankees now lead it by a score of three to two. Well, the last guy on the ball club you'd expect to hit a home run, just hit one into the screen, Bucky Dent. Hey, this is Bucky Dent, welcome to Deep to Left. I'm here with Al Santaseri. Hi, everybody. And John Schwartz. What's going on? Well, I think we're all a little blue after this uh, five-game series with uh, with Tampa Bay. And as we were talking a little bit earlier, it seems like Tampa Bay was built to beat the Yankees, and they did it. Yeah, I, I know. I reluctantly said that a couple minutes ago, Bucky. Um, you know, it, it's not like the Yankees lost uh, in any way, shape, or form to um, – a mediocre team. Uh, I, I looked at that Tampa Bay team and, you know, watched every, uh, every pitch of that series and, and just about every pitch of all the other games that the Yankees played against them during the regular season. And in fact, struggled, you know, a little bit there, but man, they are, they're a, a deep team from pitching standpoint. Uh, their, their hitters are really, really talented and multifaceted. And uh, you know, just it's a lot of tough outs and a lot of pitchers that come in and give you, Innings and not just innings, but but outs one after another, uh, and and they're they're a great team, and and now I think it's the challenge of our organization to get to where they are and and hopefully do that quickly, which I think is is something we can do and and go from there. Well, I think that's going to be like what you said. It's going to be a very interesting off season, a challenge, uh, you know, to see which direction they're going to go in, what they're going to do. They got to fill some holes, but uh, you know. Talking about Tampa Bay, you know, I mean, it seemed like they they had their number pretty much all year, you know, even though that the Yankees weren't at full strength, you know, pretty much the year, you know, they they seemed like they matched up really, really well. Them, and then it obviously it showed in, in the playoffs by by the way they played. But um, it's going to be interesting offseason to see what the Yankees are going to do. They got a lot of a lot of interesting decisions to make. You know, Bucky, I think that's interesting because on the one hand, I agree with your point a lot that the the Rays did certainly have the Yankees number this year. And look, at the end of the day, one team is playing in the ALCS and one team isn't. The funny thing is I think usually we're inclined, especially if you look at the way the analytics and the statistics work, to just note the randomness of postseason baseball and the way that you can build your team but, you know, a short series is a short series and things are going to happen. In this case, almost, I feel the interesting thing is that the postseason was more indicative of where the Yankees actually were because they were healthy. And you saw, obviously, what those bats could do. And you saw what great pitching could do to those bats. And I, I don't want to try to minimize the end result there. And I do want to talk to you a lot about kind of what that end result feels like and is like for a player and a coach in that but at the end of the day, the Yankees are home right now because they lost a two to one game that I think had six total hits and three solo home runs. And, and so, how close was it? It's, it was that close. You know, for all the talk about eight and two during the regular season and all these things, you know, one team won the two to one game and one team lost the two to one game. 
Well, you're talking about, you know, what these guys are feeling. I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I went through it in uh, 1980. You know, we won 104 games. You know, we were, we were, you know, probably one of the best teams I played on as far as, you know, balance and, and, and everything. But we went into the playoffs and we ran into a team in Kansas City that they swept us. And I'll tell you what, it's not a good feeling, man. When it's all over and you win 104 games and you grind through the season and all of a sudden you go – Wow, we just got beat. We got swept in the playoffs. It it stays with you, you know, and it and it makes you more hungry for for the next year. You know, we wound up going back to the World Series and getting beat again by the Dodgers. But you know, we got there, and it was a disappointing year. But uh, I know what these guys are feeling. You know, they're they're feeling frustrated because they they were built to win. They had everything there, and they just didn't they just didn't get it done. They didn't get a hit here, and they didn't get a hit there. They didn't make a pitch here. They didn't make a pitch there. So you kind of agonize that over the course of the year and then you sit back and go okay what's going to happen for next year you know what are the changes going to be you know what are they going to go out and do how much of you know uh chemistry change are they going to make the team so those are big questions and those are all things that you know guys are going into the offseason thinking about you know i think about this sometimes bucky you know there's you know last year obviously the yankees again you know in a, in a series with the houston astros it was game six that they lost in so it wasn't a, you know it wasn't the last game of the series but it came down to one pitch unfortunately it was the same pitcher and their closer you know or all this chapman who got beat then and gave up you know a home run but it, again a game of inches you know if that pitch was a couple inches to you know one way or the other maybe that ball doesn't fly over the, the wall same thing with this one what do you think you know and, and obviously you you never played in a 60 game season but do you think the the feeling or the emotion of getting knocked out this year is different from a, in a normal year because things kind of felt so different the whole way well it was an odd year all the way around you know i mean you start out in spring training and then you know um, you get shut down and then you come back and you got 60 games and then you, you know, your team, you know, has a chance to get healthy from spring training. So you're all excited, you know, that you're going to start off and you're going to have everybody healthy. And then you start the season off and all of a sudden the same thing happens. You lose a couple key players, but you fight your way in. And because of the uniqueness of the playoffs this year, you get in and then, you know, you go into the playoffs and you're healthy. You know, so you think, okay, we're healthy, you know, we're, we're ready to go and, you know, we're going we're gonna to win this. But then things happen. You know, you, you don't get a key pitch here, you don't get a big hit there, and you wind up getting beat. So, yeah, it, it, it's different, you know. You, you win the first round. And actually, I thought the Indians had a really a good pitching staff, and I, I thought that they were going to possibly give the Yankees a little bit more trouble, but they didn't. But then here comes Tampa Bay, who was their menace all year, and all of a sudden you get knocked out. So it's a little bit of a different year, but it's the same feeling. You're going home. You're going home. Um, you get you get beat on a home run a year ago, and you get beat on a home run this year. By you know, obviously you're one of the best closers in the game. So um, it's not a good feeling. It's a it's a bad feeling. What's the macro versus the micro in something like this? I mean, you, you know, you mentioned that it stays with you, and I don't think that anyone has any doubt about that. You know, is, is it a matter of sitting there thinking about your individual at-bats or individual pitches if you're a pitcher, or is it a matter of just kind of looking back and, and remembering the feeling of walking through the dugout into the clubhouse for the last time? Like, what is that sense that sticks with you? Well, it's all that, you know, it's all that that, that sticks with you. You know, it, it don't matter how you get beat. It, it's getting beat when you think that you have a team that's 
ready to move to the next level. You've been there, you're climbing this mountain, you're, you get there, and then all of a sudden you get beat. And then the question starts coming out, you know, is uh, one of our key players, are they going to keep him? DJ LeMahieu, you know, what are they going to do with our pitching staff? You know, what are they going to do with this guy? And all those things start to, you know, you, you go into with all these doubts and all these things of, you know, hey, what's going to happen? What's, what are we going to look like when we go to spring training next year? But the one good thing about the New York Yankees that these guys have to understand, and it was like when I played there, is that they're going to do whatever they can in the offseason to make changes to make them better and to go farther next year. I think I just wonder, though, and, and I don't want to sound like an apologist when I say this, but I, I wonder, you, you don't win World Series on paper. And that's very clear because if you did, then the Yankees would at the very least be in the World Series this year. But I don't think that there were fundamental team building issues with this Yankees team that made them not able to compete with, say, the Rays. I think the fact of the matter is, if you go back to where we were in early December, which, God, I think any one of us would go back to early December right now. But if you go back there, when the team signs Garrett Cole, and you're looking at a pitching staff of Garrett Cole, Masiro Tanaka, Luis Severino, James Paxton, and then whoever, and you're looking at offense of Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, Gleyber Torres, Gary Sanchez, DJ LeMahieu, yada, yada, yada. I don't think you could have built a team better than this team was built. And obviously, if there's one thing that Brian Cashman and his team have proven over the years, it's the ability to find depth pieces and things like that that work. Luke Voigt wins the home run title in the league this year. Gio Rochella has another great year. DJ LeMahieu wins the batting title. I think it, it, it's almost oversimplifying to, to look at it and say they need to go out there and, and you know build the team that can beat the Rays because I think they did build the team that could beat the Rays. I think, and I hate to say it, and no one wants to hear excuses, I think the team just wasn't healthy enough this year. Well, that goes back to the bottom line of the last couple years. You know, you can put it down on paper and you could say, yeah, we're, we're, we're built to win, but look at what's happened to them over the last couple years. It's the same thing. You lose key injuries to, you know, Judge, Stanton goes down. Paxton goes down. Severino goes down. And and the big one that I thought that hurt him more than anything was Tommy Canely out of the bullpen. I was about to say, mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. He was, he, was, he was huge for them. He was that guy that, you know, could come in in that seventh and eighth inning and get him deep into the game to get to Chapman. And I thought when they lost him, it messed their whole bullpen up. You know, this guy, let's try this guy in the fifth inning, sixth inning, seventh inning. And then, of course, you're starting pitching. We go back to starting pitching. You go out and you spend all that money on Cole, thinking he's going to get you over the hump. And then, you know, uh, Paxton gets hurt. Severino gets hurt. Hap doesn't have the kind of year that he's supposed to have. You know, Tanaka, you know, listen, I love Tanaka. I think he carries himself as a Yankee all the way on and off the field, and he gives you everything that you can. But those are the things that have hurt the Yankees in the past, and they got to figure out how are they going to keep Judge healthy, Stanton healthy, and some of these other guys healthy? And then, you know, uh, but the one good thing is Canely goes down and they got an opportunity to pitch some of their young kids. You know, they got to see Nelson. They got to see King. They got to see Schmidt, you know. And, you know, it, it helped them. It's going to help them develop because now they know what it's all about. The game's faster, but, you know, it's going to help them next year. You know, I'm sitting here and – we're, you know, inevitably, whenever the conversation of injuries comes up, and of course, it's come up 
too many times in the last however many years, because it seems like every year, you know, the postmortem conversation revolves around, well, if we weren't injured, we would have won this or we would have done this. Or we were, you know, things would have been always would have been different. But to your point, Bucky, like, you know, we, everyone's like, oh, man, the Yankees got healthy going into the postseason. They got healthy. They got healthy. Well, no, the most important guys were probably not there and we're never going to be there. James Paxton. And I think about not just and not just these names. I think about what they did most recently. Paxton last year was so good in the second half of the season, so valuable in the postseason, you know, winning that huge game against Houston at home. Tommy Canely, I think back to the 2017 postseason and the 2019 postseason. I mean, he had one bad game, I think, in each of those two postseasons. But looking at what he did in both of those seasons, down the stretch and then in the postseasons, it's not just the value of uh, what the value of those guys were over the course of the season. But look at what they did during the, the, you know, the stretch run last year. Look at what they did during the postseason. And, and you, think, you think about you know, this rotation, if it had James Paxton of, ni- of 2019, and even Luis Severino of 2019, who came in and went 3-0 and in September and, and helped them in the postseason. And you know, he was a guy that literally picked up ex- right where Domingo Herman kind of left off last year. Um, so now you look at this postseason, there's no Domingo Herman. There's no Luis Severino. There's no James Paxton. I thought Tommy Canley was really almost like the glue that held that bullpen together, to your point, Bucky. And, yeah, you know, they really weren't healthy. And, and, and you're right, though. That, that excuse can only be used so many times. We've probably used it up already. And that's the, that's the unfortunate thing because we don't want to be just using it as an excuse next year. You hope next year we're talking about how guys are always going to get hurt, but enough guys stayed healthy that we were able to get over the hump. Well, but the one thing I would throw out there, and, and and again, like yes, this is getting dangerously close to a, a woe is us, which sure. we shouldn't do. But at the same time, also the one thing I would add in there is that the 2020 postseason was, if you want to say that the Rays were built to beat the Yankees, the 2020 postseason was built to defeat a team with starting pitching depth issues, and yeah. that's what happened. I mean, mm-hmm. look, absolutely right. I know that Bucky, you did not like the maneuver that the Yankees tried to pull in game two there. And I think that, <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't even think we need to, to argue it or discuss it or anything of that matter because it didn't work, frankly. So who cares? But if, if the Yankees have their starting rotation that Brian Cashman and his team put together for this team, they're not doing that in game two. And also if there are off days in the division series, of which there are usually two in a five game series, they're also not doing that. So, I mean, I, I think a lot of this stuff is just a little bit academic in that regard. Well, you're right in, in that with the off days. But, you know, the thing about it is, is, you know, in my perspective, if, if you're going to if you're going to put Debbie in that situation in a big part of the year, game two, let him pitch. You know, let him go out there. I mean, he gave up one run in the first inning, and I, you know, whatever the analytics said, you know, let them come down and explain on why that was a good move. But let him pitch. He's your. He's going to be part of your future. Now's the time if you're going to start him. Let him go out there and see how many innings he can give you. And that was my only, you know, thing as far as you know, seeing that. I was kind of like, wow, what what just happened there? You know. So, um, like everybody. But, you know, that that's the only thing that, that, that I say. You know, it's funny. I saw that and I was shocked when he came out just because I think everybody, you know, was. He gave up a run in the first inning and looked like he was going to settle in. And obviously they had, you know, they had other 
plans or other other ideas. I heard a great quote this morning. I was listening to the radio and Mike Greenberg said, you know, he now really understands, not that he didn't before, but, you know, how Brian Cashman's job is, is a heck of a lot harder than his job. And I'll, I'll mirror his his comments. You know, Brian Cashman's job is a lot harder than my job because if it had worked, we all would have said, boy, what a, what a genius. That was a great move and all that stuff. Maybe not you, Bucky, because you played the game, coached the game, managed the game, all that stuff. But most of the pundits out there, I think, you know, hey, if it worked, man, Brian Cashman knows exactly what he's doing and he's great. He tried something that didn't work and, you know, now it's the worst decision that could have ever been made. Um, you know, I respect your opinion, Bucky. There's a lot of people's opinions about that. Sure. I don't respect because it's just jumping on what the ultimate outcome was. And uh, yeah, I, I, but I agree with you. I was surprised. I would have loved to see Davey Garcia go and go and go and go until, you know, he really couldn't pitch anymore. And I'm not talking about a three, four inning start. I mean, five, six, seven innings, because I think he could have done it, but it didn't work out that way. That wasn't what they decided to do. It's unfortunate. I said that night, you know what, if we get into a situation where we win game four, we're the favorites to win this series again because we have Garrett Cole going for us in game five. If we can just win game four, we are the favorites to win this series. We won game four, and we went into the, to, to game five with Garrett Cole and, and being the favorites to win the series. And I'm going to keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. You've <laughs> got to have balance in your lineup. Tell me the last two, two three years – what's shut the Yankee right-handed power hitters down. Right-handed starting that big glass no and a couple years ago it was, you know, Verlander, it was Cole, you know, they they're shutting them down. I think going into the to the offseason, they gotta step back and go, we we need to balance our offense a little bit more to offset some of this that we're running into with with these teams. Are you trying to say that you think we need some left-handed batters to play in Yankee Stadium? I've been saying that for a long time. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't remember you ever being shy about anything, Bucky. So I guess been, that's what you wish. I've been saying it for a long time. you got to have some balance to balance those right-handed power pitchers out, you know. And, um, again, it got them, you know. And I understand what they're saying. Analytics are saying, you know, we can we got right-handed hitters that are going to hit the ball in the right center field, a short part of the ballpark. But when you strike out 18 out of 26 times, uh, that ain't going to get it done. <laughs> well, that that's true. And obviously the game has changed in that regard where strikeouts, I mean – there were more strikeouts than hits in the division series round across the league, obviously. So you're, you're right, Bucky, in that regard. I think that where I would push back a tiny bit is I'm sure that Brian Cashman would like a more balanced lineup. The problem is just <laughs> the players who have developed, the players who have worked out. I mean, you know, if you look at what he was building originally – for this year, even if you want to go backwards, yeah, Greg Bird should be the first baseman, right. you know, with a great left-handed stroke. Well, it right. turns out that the extra piece he got, Luke Voigt, was able to stay on the field and Greg Bird wasn't. And you can kind of go down the list a little bit like that. Um, you know, the funny thing is that need for a left-hander is probably the biggest reason why Brett Gardner was playing so much over Clint Frazier. And, I, and look, Gardner had a really good series in a lot of ways. And, you know, Frazier, you know, there's room for him eventually, but... Yeah, it, it just kind of kind of some of this is just the nature of the guys who panned out and the guys who didn't. I mean, I think the fact of the matter is, if Gary Sanchez were hitting, 
whether it was against lefties or righties, it, it, it wouldn't matter as much as simply the fact that lefty, righty, switch pitcher, whatever, he was striking out too much. So yeah, I don't think that's a lefty righty issue. I think that's a striking out too much issue. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with you, John. I, 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 it's true. I mean, when you, when you really look at the pieces that, that Brian has put in place, um, it's amazing how almost, you know, he has this, you know, this innate ability to, to bring in great, amazing players and, and trade them for, or, or acquire them in, in one trade after another that, that makes more sense than what most teams do even one time. But yeah, they were the, the best of the best were right-handers. And, uh, you know, you're right. You can't walk away from a guy like Luke, Luke Voigt, especially when you don't have an alternative and he's doing the things that he did. And, you know, it's never fun to lose, of course. And we, we talked about that and lamented about that. But when you, when you kind of go forward here over the next couple weeks and the next month, this is also a fun time as the, the, you know, the hot stove season begins or gets, you know, ready to begin after the postseason ends and all that stuff. And I always think about it like it's a, there's something special about not that, not that the Yankees are starting over, you know, they're not building a roster from scratch, but in a way, every team is really starting over. It's not a video game where you actually just, you can pick up where you left off, where you only have to win one more game to move on. You know, like we, I look back at, you know, 2017 or 2019, it's like, man, we were one game away from the world series, two games away from the world series. Well, there's, you don't pick up in spring training where you're still right there. One game, you got to start over you know, from the beginning, basically. But Bucky, I'm curious if you, knowing that the journey begins at the very, very beginning, and there's no shortcuts, what are the building blocks or the foundational pieces you feel really good about going into next year as far as who's on the team? Well, you know, you're going to have some guys coming back. That's, that's a plus. You're going to have Severino coming back. And plus, you know, look at the kids. The kids got a chance, to, you know, to, to get in some games, some important games, get their feet on the ground. Even though it was only 60 games, they got a chance to get out there and perform in, in, in tough situations in a, in a pennant race. And, you know, you, you, but the, there are some question marks, you know. My first, cho- my first thing that I'm going to do is I'm signing DJ LeMahieu. I'm, 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 I'm signing him. I'm bringing him back. I'm not going to let him go. He, he's a big part of that makes this, the, this offense go. You know, he's a guy that uses the whole field. He's a clutch hitter. He's a guy that hits a ball in the seats. You know, he does it all. He's a baseball player. You know, so he's he's my first priority going into the offseason. But, you know, they got a lot of pluses. They just got to figure out what the holes are that they got to, you know, they got to patch up. And I think one of those holes is I think they got to go get another big time starting pitcher. Hard to argue. I, I hope DJ LeMahieu listens to you and says, you know what, since Bucky said that, I'm definitely going to re-sign with the Yankees. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, he's played in New York. I'm sure he loves playing in New York. And look. The guy's a baseball player, you know. I mean, he's a baseball player, you know. I, I like Urshela. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, those two guys are tough outs in the lineups. Those are the guys that, you know, with two strikes, they're going to hit the ball the other way and they're going to they're gonna drive in big runs. And, you know, I just think they're, they're they, LeMahieu's a, a huge part of, of their Yankee offense. It's hard, obviously. There, there's no question that the right move last year was going out and signing Garrett Cole. And... I know that Yankees fans expect and want that every time there's one of these guys available that he's going to do that. The problem is each time you do make that move, it makes it harder to make the next one. The fact is the Yankees do have a budget. Mm -hmm. I imagine the budget's going to be even a little harder next year because 
of the financial difficulties of 2020. And again, I'm not asking anyone to cry for the Yankees. I'm just speaking to reality. There were no fans at Yankee Stadium this year. That's going to play an impact in how they can approach the free agent market. And so, look, the Yankees have Giancarlo Stanton and Garrett Cole, who are two of the highest paid players in the game. They have to make the decisions, like you said, Bucky, about DJ LeMahieu. They have to make decisions about Masahiro Tanaka. They have to make decisions about, you know, is Glaber Torres a shortstop? And I think that that's a tough question right now. I don't think that anyone's looking at this team saying get rid of Glaber Torres in any way, but I think that he might be showing he's more of a second baseman. Well, we're all talking about re-signing DJ LeMahieu. Is there going to need to be some creativity that we're not even looking at that's beyond just go out and throw money at you know, a top flight catcher, a top flight starting pitcher. Is there are there going to have to be these just trades to, to kind of take this roster, which in so many ways looks perfect on paper, but we saw the issues with it this year. We can keep going back to the original point we were talking about when we started this, that Brian Cashman's better at his job than we are at being general managers. I think this is going to have to be a very creative offseason, more so than just, while I agree, sure, they, they, they need a starting pitcher, I'm really interested to see the creative moves to take this roster from where it is right now to one that is ready for 2021, whatever 2021 looks like. Well, you're going to have some money coming off the books, too. You know, you, if, if Paxson doesn't come back, Tanaka doesn't come back, Hap doesn't come back, you know, you know you're, you're, you, you've got some, some money to, to, to replace those guys. You know what I mean? So, you know, that, that's the question. Brian's done a tremendous job. Give him all the credit in the world over the last few years of putting them in position to be right where they, they want to be. And look, like you said, one game, two games this year, again, you know, one swing, you know, they don't make it. So, um, yeah, they've got some big decisions, you know, what do they do? Do you, you sign LeMayhew, put him at first base, maybe possibly, you know, trade, uh, you know, the first baseman and you move Glaber back to, you know, back to second, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of question marks that they still have to figure out going forward. It's going to be interesting and it's going to be a lot of fun to watch and see what they do. For sure. Well, I think um, we can kind of move from one depressing topic, I guess, uh, to another, if you will. Bucky, God, I, I know I don't need to tell you this, and I know, I know I don't need to tell anyone listening to this, but whether you're a Yankees fan or just a baseball fan, there's been so much horrible stuff in 2020. But if you just look at the Baseball Hall of Fame and some of the names that we've lost this year and continue to lose, uh, as we're recording this, we just heard about Joe Morgan, obviously. You know, we've already spoken a little bit about Bob Gibson and Tom Seaver. But obviously, where you talk about hitting closest to home, it was just heartbreaking, I know, for everybody to hear about Whitey Ford this past weekend, uh, right before Game 5. And look, one of my favorite things about Old Timers Day always, just as an observer, was Whitey. And I think I made this point on Twitter, perhaps, that however old he was, he just had that same mischief in his smile that you saw in those old pictures of him when he was playing and sitting next to Mickey Mantle. Bucky, you obviously knew him better than any of us. I just wonder how you, how you took that news and kind of what Whitey meant to you. Well, it, it, you know, it, it's stunning, you know, because, uh, y- you know, I did his fantasy camps, you know, for a number of years, him and Mantle and got to be around him. And, you know, when you're around those guys, you know, those greats that played that you watch play, and then you get a chance to be around them. It's just, they're, they're electric, you know, they're fun, the stories they talk about, you know, 
how great they were, how, how great they were when they played the game and, and, you know, the number of wins that he had in the World Series and, and just being around those two guys in, in, in the camp was, was, was a whole lot of fun and just what he represents a, a, as a Yankee. And, uh, like you said, old timers day, you know, uh, when those guys were coming out, Bear, you know, Mantle, Whitey Ford, you know, Don Larson, you know, Moose Gowern, you know, we've we've lost a lot of great ones. And I just feel privileged to be able to say, you know, I spent some time, you know, with those guys and got to know them a little bit and how great they were not on the field, but off the field as far as their storytelling and just, you know, what they meant to the game and what they meant to New York and what they meant to wearing that Yankee uniform. You know, when you become an old-timer around the, around the league and around the team, obviously, and you do get to spend that time there, how, how cognizant are you each time you head to the stadium for one of these, you know, when you see some of the guys who maybe don't look as good as they did the year before and things like that, just how much does it hit you in those moments of just like, let me, let me make sure I get a conversation or just, you know, touch some flesh? Well, you know, over the, you know, over the last few years, uh, Whitey, uh, you could tell he was starting to go down a little bit and it's important, you know, I mean, to, to the, to the fans, when they come to old timers, you know, you look around and all of a sudden you come back the next year and, and you're missing, you're missing a mantle, you're missing a bearer, you're missing a, you know, a, a Phil Rizzuto, uh, an Elston Howard, you know, you're missing those great players that played this game. And I keep saying, and I, you know, in a chuckling way, the, the, the us 78 Yankees, we're, be, we're becoming the real old guys now, you know, uh, I, I don't think there's too many real old ones like Kubek and Richardson and, you know, guys like that. I mean, from those other teams, but it's always fun, but you always, you know, you you go and, and, and you see these guys and you go, oh my God, you know, am I ever going to see one of these guys again? You know, I mean, it's, it enters your mind and it's a special, that's why it's a special moment. You got to enjoy it. And every, every time you go, you got to enjoy every moment of it. You know, you can't talk about the postseason. I think without talking about Whitey Ford, or maybe more accurately, you can't talk about Whitey Ford without talking about what he did in the postseason. I, I think about what, you know, the, the pitching performances he put together one after another in the World Series, similarly to what Mariano Rivera did in, in the postseason, except Whitey Ford was a starting pitcher, you know, doing it for six, seven, eight, nine innings at a time. When you look back on his accomplishments in the World Series and, and his, you know, record of, of scoreless innings. What what goes through your mind? Big time pitcher. I mean, big time pitcher in in um in right in front of everybody. I mean, you know, I mean, uh, he was just one of those guys that when he got the ball, you knew you, you were going to win. And, and I think that, you know, uh, just looking at his postseason numbers, you know, and then you look at the guys he played with and guys like Mickey Mantle and, and all those great Yankee teams and, and championships they won. But, you know, that's why they called him the chairman of the board. I mean, geez, oh, Pete, I mean, his numbers were phenomenal the World Series. And he was kind of like, you know, Ron Gidry with us so you give him the ball in the world series or a postseason and stuff like that you know that that they're going to step up big they just had that presence about them when they took the mound and it was a good feeling that when they went out there on that mound that you you were going to win i have to say when i heard the news on friday and i don't want to cheapen it in any way but you know a couple a, a, a couple minutes after my mind really went to garrett cole 
who in some ways is such an old timer in, in in the way he approaches the game and the way in the way he carries himself in a lot of that stuff. I, I don't know. To me, he always just seems very old timey baseball player in some ways. And I just had this sense that man, this guy's got to shove right now just for Whitey. Mm-hmm. And he did. And look, you know, the story of game five of the 2020 ALDS will be, of course, the Yankees lost and they went home. But I really just, a guy pitching on short rest for the first time in his career, and we can talk if all you want about just the way the game has changed and the way Whitey was versus the way today's guys are, were. And, and, and that's fine. But it, it, it was really special, I thought, you know, wearing number 16 on his sleeve like that to watch Garrett really just get after it the way he did yeah he gave him everything that you know you go out and you say you know we need a big time pitcher and you go get you know Cole and he gave you everything he had pitching on short days rest he gave him a chance to win gave up one run and uh he battled and that's what you want you know that's that's you know why you spend the money to get him and it just turned out that uh, it didn't happen but you know he's he's a champion you know he's he's a winner and uh he's a bulldog and he's got that fiery mentality attitude that you need when you when you take the mound and I love watching him pitch well thankfully despite how this year went you got about eight more years to watch him pitch for the Yankees Guys, this wasn't the way the Yankee season was supposed to end. I know that we had hoped to be talking about the 2020 ALCS right now, and I I certainly wish we could be doing that. But I know over the past few months, over the past few weeks, I didn't think we would get to this point. I I was very cynical, I guess, about the season actually happening, about a postseason happening. So, you know, I guess you got to take the good with the bad in that regard, in the sense that we got to watch a lot of baseball and we got to watch some postseason baseball, but it doesn't always go the way you want it to go. No, but guess what? There's always next year. You know what they say? (laughs) (laughs) You know, when the balls and the bats go out next year, there's always next year. You know, that's part of the game. But like I say, you know, there's always next year and it's going to be fun. Uh, Like Al said, with this uh, hot stove stuff coming up and all the things that everybody's going to be talking about. But, uh, you know, Brian's probably got a plan and he's probably already started on it. So that's a good thing. I would put money on that. That's for sure. There's always next year, but with the Yankees, you just hit the nail on the head a couple minutes ago, Bucky. They're going to do everything that they can. Priority number one is going to be to win. And I think this team's going to get over the hump. And, and I think it's going to be sooner than later, for sure. Well, Al and Bucky, it's been an absolute joy talking about baseball with you uh, these past few weeks and months. And we're not done yet, obviously. We're going to keep going. It was fun to talk without a guest this week to kind of get our own thoughts in but i look forward to uh two weeks from now getting back on back back on it with some of your old friends bucky and to you know just have some more of these great conversations but to everyone else thank you so much for listening alan bucky thanks for chatting thank you let's keep it going and uh let's next time we'll be talking we're probably talking about what all is going on and all the moves and all the yummy yummy stuff you know who's going to go where and who's going to do this so (laughs) i'm looking forward to it (laughs) well that sounds good to me everyone before you go i want to tell you a little bit more about the yankees magazine podcast network if you liked hearing from bucky today you should also check out the yankees magazine podcast where we break down some of our written stories from each new magazine and of course talk yankees baseball if you're not subscribed what are you waiting for we're available wherever you listen to your podcasts or at yankees.com slash podcast. Leave us a review. Leave us a rating. You can even send us your thoughts over email, podcast at yankees.com. 
And for Yankees Magazine subscribers, you should be soon, if you haven't already, receiving a free gift from us, the 2020 official New York Yankees yearbook. This isn't part of your subscription. We're just sending it to thank you for sticking with us this year as we had to deal with everything related to COVID and the hiatus and what have you. This is, again, not counting against your subscriptions. If you had six issues still coming your way, you're going to get all six. Don't worry. This is just our way of saying thank you. If you want to subscribe, you can always call 800-GO-YANKS or head over to yankees.com slash publications for more information. You can also buy a back issue, and the holidays are coming up, so it's a great time to give a gift to somebody who's a huge fan. There's so many options. Plus, if you'd like to see our content online, get a taste of it at yankees.com slash magazine. There you'll find our latest features to read from the magazine, and we're also on Twitter, at Yanks Magazine. Give us a follow and be up to date with every podcast and magazine we produce. That's it. See you next time. And, you know, maybe we can't say this about 2020 anymore, but we can certainly say it about the future. Go Yanks. Have a good day. Hi, this is Chad Green. If you like what you're hearing, why don't you rate and review us? And while you're at it, tell your friends to subscribe. Thanks so much, and go Yankees.